Ben Foyle. Uh, my name is Bife. I do Destiny stuff predominantly with law, but we talk about all sorts of law on this. This is going to be mainly Destiny-focused today. And with me, I have some of the stars of the law community. We're going to go ahead and start and go in a sort of clockwise formation. So, on, yeah, on my left, we have from Ishtar Collective, one of the most incredible sites that we have in all of Destiny's universe. First of all, Purple Chimera. Everyone give a hand for Purple Chimera. Now, also from Ishtar, over down here is Baxter, another member of the site. The mastermind. He's the founder of the site. The mastermind. Thank you, Purple. Thank you. So for those of you who do not know, Ishtar Collective is literally what everyone in the content creation space uses to understand the lore in the first place. When the Grimoire disappeared from Bungie.net, Ishtar Collective saved it. They are the equivalent of the Library of Alexandria for us law content creators. The origin library? The origin... Mm, the, the actual Ishtar Collective. Why not? But the whole point is this. They are a great source of information and law. They have done one of the most comprehensive websites I've ever seen for any kind of law collective. They are the reason that content creators today, such as myself, Beard, Focus Fire, are able to make such excellent content at all. Speaking of which, now down the middle, right below me, we have Blue, a.k.a. Blue Crew 86 from Focus Fire Chat. Hello, everyone. And just a point for Bife. We're not going to equate Ishtar to the origin libraries because we that, that sets up a bad yeah, future escape for them. Um, so we'll, we'll go with a different library. Yeah. We'll, we'll get back to you on the library that we're going to equate them to. Yeah. Come to think Thanks, of it, Library of Alexandria isn't a great one. No, no, no. There's a lot of very bad, well, libraries with a terrible history. So maybe we can just set a new precedent for libraries that don't get obliterated. I mean, that would be nice. I mean, this is the thing. Libraries generally are terrible. Can't we just call it Ishtars from now on? I think <laughs> hey, that's a little That's funny. a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Okay. And to my right and bottom, we have the wonderful YouTube extraordinaire and also member of Focus Fire Chat and also somebody who I greatly respect because he's wearing an actual spinfoil hat. It's Beard Grizzly, everybody. Thank you, everybody. How is everybody doing today? Having a great time today? Good to hear. Good to hear. What's that? I mean, we've got some spare spin foil. I don't, I don't know if it'll fit too well, though. Maybe, maybe. I'll, I want to let everyone know I had no idea they were doing this. <laughs> and I love it. And finally, last but not least, we've got Green Eyed Music Lover from Focus Fire again, who is also sporting the spin foil hat. Of course. Thanks, guys. Real quick, is that? It's okay, it's it is on. on. It I'm is just working. a quiet speaker. Oh, okay, all right. Low, hey, hey, low hey, the short jokes need to stop there, Blue. <laughs> <laughs> they will never stop. I don't know if you've realized this. Never going to stop, mm, never going to no. stop? No, nope. never going to stop. I mean, I'm nope. told than all of you, so whatever. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> okay, so we have a panel set up here which has got some of the great lore experts of this community, but the whole structure of this is mainly focused towards you guys and answering the questions that you may bring to us. So whilst we are going to go ahead and talk about what's coming, we're going to talk about Forsaken for only 15 minutes, then we're going to have a full 40-odd minute Q&A, and then after that it's going to be 30 or so minutes worth of meet and greet. So I don't know who's controlling Rare Drop Co. on Twitch, but if you want you can cut it there, but I don't know. Like This is us flying by the seat of our pants. Enjoy! Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, that's part for the course. Part yeah. for the course. You know, it, it's <laughs> about what you deal with every day. We've all been on podcasts. Yeah. Like we get it. Oh yeah. All right. So, opening the discussion about Forsaken, I actually want to go ahead and throw this to you guys down there. First, I want to go ahead and ask you what really excites you about the story of Forsaken that's potentially coming, and 
What do you think is going to be like the key point to all of this? What's going to be the thing that calls us all home from a story perspective? Not it. <laughs> <laughs> there's like there's so much new information that's come out recently around Forsaken. It's it's really difficult to pick one thing. Um, I'm still really blown away by all of the information that we got around the Barons and their mm. history. Mm. Um, you know the the mind bender. According oh to, the, according, I, I don't, I don't, I, I think this is the the first time that a non-hive entity has been described as having a throne world. Right. And I don't know what the implication of that is. Um, you know, it, I I find that really fascinating. I can't wait to find out more about about that. Mm-hmm. Somebody say Toland with me for a while. That's yeah. exactly what I thought. Right, right, right. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for that. Because he's kind of just swimming out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, swimming mm-hmm. in the ascendant realm. It's a little fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just floating. You, you want to go yeah. first? Yeah. So I'm going to go on on the same thing. There, the barons are really interesting because of the basically they throw the entire hierarchy that we know from the Elixni and the Fallen pretty much out the window. Um, not only, and Beard and I have chatted about this pretty much ad nauseum, um, not only do you have to understand that all or eight of the barons are dregs. They're not any of the actual barons. And we actually have a position in the Fallen but prior to this that was a baron. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of those in Destiny 2, and so now a resurgence of that, plus the fact that these are all individuals from the House of Exile. So that's another house that is completely new to the Destiny world as far as Destiny 1. That was that was a house that pretty much they created when they came to Seoul. Um, so seeing that entire hierarchy being thrown out, and then, yeah, I mean, the Mindbender, uh, the Trickster, we have already had several jokes <laughs> about the Trickster. Um, basically, she's a dirty, dirty liar. Um, but, I mean, all of them have a very, so far, detailed history, and we haven't even met these individuals. So, yeah, I mean, and going back to the Mindbender, that one is confirming so many theories of ours that we've had about the nature of not just light, but the whole thing. So, Just, just their exist, like his existence. Right. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, just his existence almost proves about three to four different theories that could almost be plausible at that point. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, speaking from that, yes, we've been talking about the... Uh, about the barons pretty heavily, but now the focus has shift, uh, shifted now into something otherwise. Like, the first portion of uh, Destiny 2, and I would almost argue like Osiris, is talking a little bit more about uh, humanity and how it grew and so on. Uh, Mars kind of takes a little bit more into that, but as you start to dig, of course, we find it's more about the Exo. And now we're getting another shift. We're getting into the shift of the Awoken the biggest mystery, the largest mystery of the races that we know of that humanity has turned into, that we still have so many different questions of, that we still don't necessarily know by all is said and done, like what their overall goals and motivations are. Uh, And these are the things that hopefully Aldrin or somebody else can go ahead and give us some ideas into. Because if this isn't proof enough, I've kind of had plenty of thoughts on that already. On Uh, that real quick. Yeah, you could almost call the awoken ingrams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to decipher them, and well, 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 and we <laughs> we already talked about this, right? Like two Steve tokens in a blue because they're blue. <laughs> you know, part part of and them. and 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 they're silver. Well, they're, they're, they got silver coins, so you get two silver coins and a blue, right? 
Well, that's that's oh, one way no. to start. Yeah, and see, anyway, no, yes. yep, yep, there we go. No, that's that's again. <laughs> I mean, don't forget. I even got someone to stand up. I even got someone to stand up. Oh. I mean, hey, don't forget there are some purples in there too. Yeah. So. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you're very you're very welcome. What about the greens? Oh, they're too. Hey, now. <laughs> I want to say this, by the way, as well. Purple, blue, green. If all of a sudden we had three more colors, all of a sudden we have the infinity lawnet. No. Oh, I hadn't heard that one. That's that, a, right? That's that, a, that is a good one. The, hey, the I'm proud of my puns because they're better than Eric's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can clip that and send that to him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll enjoy that. He'll enjoy that. Okay, um, let's go to green next. All right, so I'm actually going to take a slightly different route. Everyone's real excited about the Barons because of the Game Informer article, but I'm actually so excited to see the Dreaming City. Like, we're actually going to where the main area of Woken are the throne areas, hopefully. Like, I really want to see the Tangled Shore, and I want to see how the Awoken develop this civilization out in the middle of the reef. That, to me, is super exciting, because mm-hmm. Awoken are the best race. And if you no. haven't figured out, it's kind of hard to put it in the middle of an asteroid belt, right? Right, right. And purple. Um, well, yeah, well, I definitely think it's going to be really interesting, the Dreaming City, especially with... Um, the dragon implications. Right? Um, oh I'm really interested God. to see where that's going to go. <laughs> um, all the spin foil stuff is over there, so I'm I not going to propose anything. I leave you with two truths and a falsehood. <laughs> oh. oh, bear of Blue, mine. I swear. Hmm. But I also am very curious to find out what you have to do to be kicked out of the house of exile because <laughs> like that's going to be that's going to be some next level stuff well, yeah, the implications Hopefully. of what the barons turned into like what type of technology or ether like thing that from that's very similar because the baron article talked about the energy that transformed them is similar to what we find in the EDZ the implications of that is huge mm-hmm. I know my, I'm traveling. I'm a traveler. <laughs> Man, how, does someone have a counter on this? I feel like we'll have like a counter by the end for bad puns. Well, okay, thank you. Um, also, i got to go ahead and say this. General discussion to open it all up to you. The theme that they talked about when they revealed Forsaken was an old western tumbleweed in the sort of sands of a desert, gunslingers going out there and avenging people, and, of course... This brings back a very, very cool story that I think we all know and love, which, of course, is the last word in Thorn and Dredgen Yore. Now, I want to go ahead and get everyone's opinions on this, because I believe it was the official word of um, the man himself who wrote... I'm trying to... I'm blanking here. Who is it who actually... Yeah, Seth Dickinson, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Seth Dickinson, who actually wrote that, stated that we might not encounter it, right? Or John Goff. Oh, God, don't make me do that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, it is actually John Goff, I'm sure. (laughs) Oh, God, because Seth Dickinson wrote the books. Dredgen So, point is this. We have that amazing storyline potentially going forward. I want to hear from all of you guys. Do you reckon we're going to get a similar story to that in the storyline of Forsaken? Because if you look at it, we've also had this exact same story of, hey, a father was effectively, or what was effectively a father in the form of Jaron Ward, was murdered by somebody who also happens to have a hand cannon. In this right. case, Dredgenior versus Aldrin. So does that make us the Shin Malfur of this story? What do you guys think? I think that there's a man in a black cloak that's running across the desert, and a gunslinger's going to follow him. You had to work in a Dark Tower reference. You had to work in a Dark they Tower agreed. reference. They, they agreed. 
So long as we're talking Dude. about the book and not the movie. Okay. Thorn. Well, okay, so, yeah, I mean, we're like going to talk about that later. It's a Doctile reference, so it's totally appropriate, it's man. True. Well, and Absolutely so that's the, that's actually the funny thing is it's it's not. We talked about John. We, when we talked to John about he didn't the, do it on purpose. he didn't do that on purpose. What? No. He he, was, uh, so, so spoiler alert: um, Mulan, the cartoon that had a bigger influence on the uh, Rezal Azir story than the Dark Tower did. So sorry. Um, Today I love. There's our Disney reference. There's our Disney reference. We did it. We did it. I wasn't expecting us to be able to you do that. You did it. I know. Of I, I kind of feel. I didn't have to work it in. You did it. I feel really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I want everyone to record this moment as proof of the fact that there is no such thing as an infallible law guy. <laughs> this is true. Because let me tell you, the number of times that myself, Beard, Baxter, Blue have all gone back and forth and then had these moments of like, ha ha, mm-hmm. we have this idea. And then these two have come in from the side and been like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, we're usually a little bit meaner about it. <laughs> um, it's usually more like, what are you even thinking <laughs> But you no, mean the Ahamkara worm gods. <laughs> oh, dragon theory. I'm not opening that oh, can of worms. No, no, <laughs> no. He is not here. He is not here. You are not allowed to bring the Chinese dragon theory. Into I, okay. <laughs> so, for those of you who listen to Focus Fire Chat, we're actually missing a member. Justin is going to be here tonight, and he has a dragon theory about the Ahamkara that is will spin you round, round, right, round, baby, Two, right, yeah. round. <laughs> So to put it in perspective, we have a scale on absurdity. It's the dragon theory to pay in. Um, And there's really no winning on that scale. So you're either losing or you're, you're... you're kicked off the stage. Yeah, I was trying to think of a tactful <laughs> way. Yeah, um, but to go back to the question, Bifad, uh, really, honestly, the the cool thing I honestly don't remember what the question was, but I'm going to talk about the Dark Tower influences. Um, <laughs> the other fun thing That's is fun. the uh, the fact about you know what you were saying with the the memory of your father, because when and this kind of goes in line with someone asked us on Twitter to talk about Cade mm-hmm. a bit of well. Um, because we have going into it, we also have a lot of information coming about about the Exos, which obviously happened in Warmine, right? But we also have—I uh, don't know if you guys are aware—we had an update on the API that we got because of well, it was, it was Uni Uni Uni, okay, yeah. Unisys, which you know I don't—I'm sure he's watching, so I'm gonna—I'm mad at you for not telling me that it was your fault that we got this. Mm-hmm. But uh, the new K journal or K six journals actually detail out a little bit more about his relation, well, his non-existent existent relationship with his son Ace. Um, and so there's there's a lot of little implications there that we actually found out just recently as well. So we're—I think we're going to be doing a. What did we decide to call it? We're the going to pre-memoriam. Pre, pre, yeah, pre-memoriam maybe, maybe type episode. Just, maybe we should just call it a Kate Spective. Mm. Uh, that counts as like three. That's fine. Okay. That, that's that's fine. I hope you're still okay. We're at five. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, I got a big quota. No, no magic numbers. Mm-mm. Okay. Bubble, you got anything on this? Oh no, Baxter, go for it. <laughs> They're, well, trying, sorry, they're trying to pass mics down right there, <laughs> so I have no idea where the mics are, and I'm just trying to do like informative yes work. So yeah, go for it. One of the things that I thought was really interesting is how the uh, Bungie developed the uh, the Shadows of Yore story, mm-hmm. and a lot of us thought that when Destiny Two was released, there was going to be some payoff for the build up that they had there. And you know, I mean, from what we know about Forsaken, 
I don't. There's there's no evidence that there's going to be any payoff to that story in Forsaken. But I would, well, I would. Well, we have the drifter. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I, I would if if we get to meet Shin Malfa, <coughs> I will be extremely excited. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it's it's really you know I've I've always wanted to to, to play alongside um, other NPCs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fighting along the, the opening mission to Destiny Two is. Is you know it, it, it's a really great feeling to be involved with those characters. Yeah. Uh, it does seem as though there's going to be more of that in Forsaken with with fallen allies. Yeah. If there is any opportunity for us to to go on a on a strike with with Shin Malfet, that would be awesome. Yeah. So so note on that when I asked John about the shadows of Yore because I see them as the you know the big coffin hunters. Dark Tower. Um, when you ask him about that, apparently that would not be a fight that we would necessarily walk away from. Right. Yeah. He's said the same thing to me on Twitter, which yeah. just blew my mind. It's like, hey, we've killed gods. And he's like, yeah, this guy's going to kill you. Well, and in the same, I think that's why they've only put that in text-based format per the moment, at least. Which, either that says how powerful of a guardian Shin Malfur is that he is willing to go after this entire group on his own or that just gives us some foreshadowing that Shin Malfur isn't a person anymore no I mean yeah that's um, yeah anyway (laughs) there we go uh, okay. Yeah, I I just do find it really interesting that this whole Shin and like Last Word and Thorn storyline is entirely in the text like if you just play the game and you don't read anything, um, you would not even know that it exists. And they've added stuff to it, like like the Shadows of Yore, but they've kept that kind of quota. So I wonder if we're ever going to get there to have them actually be in the game, or if they're just going to stay as kind of like a sec- not-secret, secret thing for people who read. Well, and, and fortunately or unfortunately, just to jump in with that, like we've got the one ship called Rose and Bone, and that's the only big implication that we've had in Destiny 2 to say, like, who Chin, Jaron Ward, Rezalazir, and so on were, and how that developed and such. So it's up to you guys to basically like start to look into it if you never did before, which I'm sure in this room, most of us knew about that story before. Let's, let's be honest here for a second. Well, but real quick, if I have a question that everyone wants to know the answer to. Oh, no. Yes, yes, oh, that uh, question. Hey, what be? class was uh, Rezal Azir? <laughs> Actually, Titan. Mm-hmm. For Are real? you sure? Yes. Because there's there's a hunter cloak with it. No. Okay. Stop. So, no, no, no. Because for real. Okay. Let's let's go ahead and say this. This is the definitive thing. And having got his name wrong earlier and having this moment of shame, I know. <laughs> specifically, I'm going to get it right this moment. John Goth and I had this conversation recently, and I hope he doesn't mind me divulging the details on Twitter because again, it's not something that was like it was in public domain, so it's not like DMs or anything. But. He talked about the mythos of the character and what they had effectively done to create all of this. And the entire idea is that Dredgen Yor is a fictional character within the fiction of Destiny, right? And this is entirely how the story was written from the beginning. This was not something that was plastered in the last minute to explain it so they could have, like, whatever class change they wanted. No. The entire idea was that this mythical hunter Dredgen Yor existed. The reality of it is it was entirely created by Razor Lazir. And this whole idea of the character is sort of playing off of that split personality again, which is what's so fascinating, right? 
when you go to, I think it's Thorn 3, and he's having the conversation with his ghost, Razel has this moment where he looks back and you can see the two personalities kind of like mm-hmm. flayed apart and you can see where one takes over and where another sort of recedes. I think this is another really interesting reflection of that split personality and that dichotomy between the two characters. And it makes him, I think, almost like another reflection of Jekyll and Hyde, you know? So, yeah, that, that's the answer, so to speak. He was a titan, but... It- even cooler right and then for on that note if you guys want to and this is going to be a shameless plug um if you want to hear that actual conversation a little bit more in detail we actually have an interview with john goff on focus fires archives that we talk yeah we talk to him specifically about that um and it's it's an interesting interview because the way that he describes it i I think is applicable to kind of pull it back into destiny 2 lore Um, the way that he describes, because Bife's 100% correct, note that, he's 100% correct in the fact that the entire arc of Rezel was written beforehand. They knew what they were going to be doing, and the entire distribution, which is actually why that is seriously one of my favorite stories, the entire distribution of that story was preconceived on different de- developments. And the way that he kind of explains that is it's very much like an archaeological dig. You you go through and you find clues about a culture and you try to identify and you try to you build a theory about how that culture lived and then someone trips and knocks down a wall and you find more clues and you know this is I mean this actually happens in today's world uh, and those clues will disprove those theories that you had before that you were a hundred percent certain you know it, all the clues pointed to it that was obviously the way it was well it wasn't. And this new factor has to come in, and you have new information that you have to recalculate. Well, as all of us here kind of have been dancing around, we have all gone through those paradigm shifts within the lore. And that's where you kind of see some of the patience, you know, with Beard, Bife, our team, Ishtar. That's where you see that patience of, like, we don't have a problem with the paradigm shifts. It's, it's, it's a challenge, and it's a challenge that everyone does. I mean, you know, Bife, I think last year also made the point, you guys are as much explorers of the lore as we are. Right. And that's the thing that, you know, I always challenge our team. I challenge everyone that I talk to is, like, don't, don't go into it with the idea that this is 100%. Because it's not. It's 100% based off what you have, but you only have 20%. So if you have new information that comes in, you have to take that into account. And that's where the Rezal Azir thing really kind of showcases how Destiny 2 has been presented. Destiny 2, you know, we talked about Destiny 1 is a world-building game. It, it builds big picture. And Destiny 2 focuses on the NPCs, focuses on the humanity of the individual people. You see that at the very, very start, where the three vanguards, your, your models, splinter. You see that, you know, even in Forsaken, when Cade, you know, had spoilers, cover your ears if you don't know this, um, (laughs) Cade dies. And so, and the thing is, is like, see the back, see, I knew someone, I knew someone would get pissed at me. There's some, there, 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 you fell over. Um, (laughs) So the, uh, the thing is, is like, but that, that shows again, you know, again, the gravitas of the story. It shows again, you know, we are we are invested in the individuals at this point, not the world, and that's the progression that we're seeing. And so, I don't know where I'm going with this. Bias. Think, that's where oh, you're okay, going. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Hey, there's that's, there's another shameless hey. plug. There's a <laughs> podcast on bias, right? I, I think so. I think there's actually several of them now at this point, if I'm thinking right. Uh, but yes, Ishtar Collective has one on that. If you're thinking more on like how to collect information and so on, that's a pretty good one. But 
to tie this back towards what Blue, I think, has been talking about this whole time, um, it feels like a lot of information with this, like, show of hands, honestly, like, how many of you feel like, if you've been researching the lore and so on, Destiny 2 feels splintered? That's about what I thought. You know, it, it feels like it's in a weird position. It's a, a very odd, odd spot in a lot of ways. Uh, I will tell you now, the amount of scribbles that I have in my notebooks are terrible. Uh, the amount of addendums that I've had to do with post-it notes and so on has been absolutely awful. Uh, but it's this idea of, of needing to shift and needing to alter, needing to kind of move with it. Uh, and I know that the writing teams have also kind of talked about that too, which is why when I see stuff in Warmind... And I'm not. I'm not going to bring up the word. Don't make me bring up the word. Oh, don't. No, 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 no. I'm no, not going to do it. Um, but when like certain ideas are, are challenged, which I'm sure many are kind of understanding, what kind of single war mind anyway? Uh, the ideas are challenged and presented to us in different ways to make us think differently. I tried so hard. Uh, <laughs> but this idea of like all of a sudden I have to think differently now. I have to alter my perspective. I have to alter my ideas. That's a challenge that I've ran into uh, with the last year and a half to two years now of like looking through these books, of looking through these cards, of these items, of everything else. Because what, what, do you remember that little thing that we had when we were talking about, you know, red, red cons? There, I uh, said, it. said it. You I said it. I said it. I'm sorry. All right. So hang on. We I were a, dancing around it. I got a, I I got a fair good idea. I, I, <laughs> look, you're... All right. So first addendum, retcons can actually be a very good thing to end up presenting us with the ideas of like something that will actually make a cohesive story. The parallax example with Greenland, for example. Yes. But, yes. Yeah, that's the perfect one, as always. And in that respect, like one of the biggest things to to kind of think about is a lot of people think that it is a negative connotation uh, or at least it's been twisted that way. Uh, Now, we won't get into the comic book side of things because I think that presents an entirely different idea. But for for Destiny's side, we already know that there's a lot of stuff that was written beforehand, then during, then after, and now presently. And all of this has to kind of fill the gaps and put itself together. And we're still finding those splinters, right? Like we just got done raising our hands and everything too. Uh, And these are still things that, sure, we have to work on, we have to figure out. Uh, But one of the the largest things, too, that uh, it comes down to is like this idea of perspective. Uh, If I had to kind of sum it up pretty quickly, I look back at a conversation that uh, we had on on Focus Fire, actually, with Purple, and she was on the chat, uh, and was actually talking about retcons in, in general, and we were thinking about, well, there's like one piece of in-game information that kind of bothers us, and it came down to one letter. Vex2 uh, talks about the Ishtar Collective team that is uh, being like simulated multiple times by this Vex goblin that's sitting inside and uh, taking over the, the team. And they come to this conclusion that there's only one thing that has the computational power to go against what the Vex have been doing. And it's a Warmind. Now, you could read that particular letter, or that, uh, that particular letter in a couple different ways. You could say a Warmind to say that there were multiples. Or you could look at it and say a Warmind. See that inflection, uh, the inflection that I just put in. That would institute the idea of it is something that is similar in power to a Warmind or something otherwise. It comes down to this really weird perspective that all of a sudden opens up that you read it one way, I read it one way, Purple will read it a different way. Jay reads it a completely different way, and I kind of look at him and go, what are you talking about sometimes? (laughs) But that happens. And that's where... 
like discussions between friends, which is ultimately what uh, I, I like that that's like what this podcast is, or podcast, this uh, table Stream. is kind of called, like Bife and Friends. Because it is a discussion between friends every time that we get a chance to sit down and talk about lore or otherwise. And, you know, be it on my channel, comments in Bife's channel, so on, you always get those guys, you know. But you're always going to have, like, nuanced and wonderful discussion that can pop up from this. So go into that with, a, with an open mind because even, even us who have been, like, you know, highly invested in it and basically made it our lives some more than others uh, have actually said the same kind of things. Like, we're, we're still waiting for some pieces to be shown, but I'm confident. I mean, I, how much did we see out of Taken King? How much did we say, see out of Rise of Iron that started to be showcased a little bit more? And now we've got all the live team members and so on invested, so I'm confident. As long as we don't bring up Full of Azaris Part 2. Yeah, well. well yeah. Okay, yeah. anyway. We've, real uh, real we've... quick, though, to sum that up, it's a David Hume quote, and it's the truth springs from arguments among friends. And One that's, of my favorites. that's the theme that, you know, I know for us at Focus Fire, we constantly are reminded. We challenge each other. I mean, I, you guys, if you listen to our podcast, we're, we're pretty well. Well, even in Twitter, even yeah. on Twitter. Like, I'm like, well, and I guess my point is, is what you guys, what you guys hear and what you guys see is not the behind the scenes stuff. We we are constantly badgering each other yeah. about you know making sure that we know what we're talking about, making sure we know what we're presenting, and the theories that we do. We love theories. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the spin some hats, more than others. I mean, the, it, it's a, it's part of the the growth of learning is throwing ideas out there, and you have to have an environment, and that's why you know Bife, Beard, Ishtar with the Commons. You know, that is a place that is a safe place for people to come and ask questions and throw out ideas. That's why pretty much all of us in our discords have a room set aside that we call like Spinfoil Lounge. Uh, you have different theory rooms. That's where that's for. That's how you expand. That's how you learn. Mine's called Tolan Crazy Theories. What? <laughs> uh, just saying. Yeah, that I, right. yeah, that's perfect. That's about. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up just there. Um, Aside from anything else, we are cutting into our time for people to go ahead and ask questions. So, um, on that note, thank you so much for everybody coming again. The microphone from, or one of the microphones from down here is now going to be past the front. Jamie up there at the front is going to be sort of the master of the mic. He's going to be handling things. Go ahead and form an orderly queue if you want to go ahead and ask questions of everybody on the law panel. And yeah, first come, first serve basis. He will hand the mic to you as things are going on. Orderly queue. British style. <laughs> Just don't smash. Okay. That would not be very British. Riff, riff style. Uh, what do you mean? I said British style. That's true. What? I heard, I heard riff style. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I what does that have to do? <laughs> okay, so first up, good sir. You were the one keeping the count of the puns, by the way. We still five. Yes, uh, we're up to seven. If we do consider the guys at three, if it's, uh, it's four nice. without the three nice. count, seven with the three count. Okay, so we stop here. We're on the magic number. Yeah. Okay, cool, okay. awesome. Yeah, all right, it. so go for it. Good What's luck. your name, first of all? Bullshock uh, or Tyler? Tyler. Awesome. We met uh, a few years ago with a book. Oh, awesome! Nice. Yeah. Uh, my question is for a lot of fun. Who is your favorite guardian? Why is it Bahanan? Mm. Wait a second. Wait a second. Were you in FFC chat earlier? No. Because that was one of the questions that our chat asked us to put up here. And it's like, guys, That's guys. perfect. So uh, uh, Volshock's in the, uh, the Ishtar 
um, Discord, and that was a, a question that came up there as well. It oh seems like oh very, it's a very popular Willie question. Willie was ne- Although I think, to leave us alone. What is I think originally, the, the original question that somebody else asked no. was, was Wei Ning yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going with the other question. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, we we're, we're not going to. No, we're not even mentioning no, him. Nope, nope. I love Pahinan. Uh... I don't. I don't. There's so many. There's so many good characters in the in the history of in the in the lore of Destiny. Um, you know, I I think Waning might be my favorite though. I Waning is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yolder is also pretty awesome. She's yeah. beauty. She's grace. She will punch you in the face. <laughs> so true. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, his name's I'm... Pancake. I don't know what. No, what? more not pan- Okay, blue can't say pahanan. It's a really pahanin. difficult word, and I don't He's... know why people keep making fun of me. So we named him Pancake, is what we named him. Are you sure you didn't name him I'm Pan? Okay, no, wait. I mean, no, 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 no. See, okay, we well, agreed gonna, that you weren't going to bring ex- it up. I'm going to go so. ahead and explain this story, because there's a ton of people who won't get this reference. At a certain point in the um, lore of Saint-14, there was this... Uh, there's this reference in some of the flavor text which has like a sentence and then it says it's a quote right so a pain is actually like a song of praise a song of reference (laughs) Justin from Focus Fire Chat no 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 Willie Justin will crucify you you know I blame everything on Justin Willie from Focus Fire Chat this is totally true Willie from Focus Fire Chat was the one who basically then said that pain was not a song of praise to Saint 14 that pain was a person writing all the songs for him and that pain it then grew into a sort of religion that has a Twitter account. It also has T-shirts now. They have T-shirts. You have T. No. What? Justin made T-shirts for it. Why are you enabling it? I did not. I nearly wore it. I nearly wore it today. It's hashtag pain confirmed. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh my. Anyway, next. Yes. (laughs) Are we sure Bife can't read the poetry? Oh. Oh my gosh. Okay. What's the, what's the, okay, how long is it? Because I don't want to be here reading, like, the epics. I don't want to be here reading the Aeneid. Uh, it, it just one stanza of the moon. Oh, is this, wait, wait, hang on a second. Is, this isn't for, oh my god, Owen, is that you? <laughs> oh my lord, dude, I, sorry, I've never seen you, okay, so real yes, quick. Yes, it's, uh, you didn't realize? No, dude, I didn't realize at first because I've never seen you in real life. Okay, everybody, so real quick, does everyone remember Music of the Spheres? Yes. yes. Okay, so Music of the Spheres was postponed for God knows how long. It's being released very, very soon by Bungie officially. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, uh, myself and Moonvald and a whole bunch of other people, including, including Owen here, we actually created something alongside this, and it's kind of a poetic accompaniment to it. And so there's a bunch of stanzas and prose to it. Um, man, holy. You should have led with the fact that, hey, it's Owen. Right. <laughs> hey, it's the guy I who's thought, compiled all of it for years. I, like, literally, I am, I'm in, like, tired convention mode, and I was just like, someone wants me to read poetry again. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're not having you sing this time. Oh no, we're not doing that. No. Uh, do yeah. I actually? Do, well, now I know what's happening have... next. <laughs> Bife karaoke is not happening. Don't make it happen. Wait, Bife. Next year for GuardianCon, after we release the the Mars poems, can you read that on helium? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, the Mars poems are all kind of like. They're all about war because, of course, Mars, Ares, God of War, etc. And so all of the lines are basically me shouting, like, He stand and shows that might is right! And it's this great kind of, like, ultra-triumphant thing, but I want you to imagine that on helium. 
<laughs> yes. So yes, absolutely. Just so we can keep it consistent, so we can keep questions going. Owen, I'm going to respectfully say no, but guys, I want you to all go ahead and check out what Owen has done because yes. Owen is a fantastic human being. Also. He may or may not be the reason that you got music of the spheres early, just saying. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? Uh, Greetings, sir. By f- you don't know me because you haven't seen me, but last year at Guardian Con, my fire team <gasps> had you call me and... And I... Uh, children underage. Because this Please is on co- stream, cover your, I can't... Cover, cover your ears, Am children underage. Am I allowed to say the word? I, I don't think so, because we're uh, Oh, no, I'm going to do it for you. It, okay. um, his <laughs> his fire team got me to call him up on the phone, and they dared me to call him a little... <laughs> <laughs> and so I called him... So, so I answered my phone to hear my absolute hero of the lore community call me a... And it was wonderful. <laughs> I didn't know if I should be angry, happy, excited. It was a lot of emotion. You didn't get a chance to like process it either because I just called you that and it, then it hung was, up. It was three seconds, hang up, and I just stood there on my driveway in dead silence. Just like, what happened? By the way, I'm so sorry. All is forgiven. All is forgiven. Oh, I love you. I, I, will, I will say at least you're, you're wearing the, the proper colors, so good on you. Mm. Um, in fact, you're the winning Shush faction, you. so congratulations. Yes, it finally won. Uh, so... <laughs> we're about to have a fight between the FWC and the Dead Orbit here. Could we take that to the whole place? But yeah, you were saying... Uh, so the lore question is, with all the journals of Cade and everything, he knows that we at least think he knows that he had a son named Ace. We don't know if he knows it's his son, or unless I misread something. Now, the question of his gun, the Ace of Spades. Did he name it after the Ace of Spades, or did he name it after a son that he doesn't know? I'm going to throw this one to Green in just a moment, because you guys on Focusify generally have been discussing this all for all sorts of times. But Ace... Oh, no, it's okay. Stay the mic still. You may stand, good sir. But no, um... So the whole idea of cards with Cade is very much a reference that's key to his character. So for those of you who do not know, Exos, when they've been rebooted certain times to prevent disassociative exomind rejection, which is basically where your mind breaks down, you reboot yourself. That's why they have the numbers at the end of the name. And by the way, no, this doesn't mean Cade can come back. However, that means that you have memory loss, right? And one of the ways that Kate tries to keep on to all of his memories, or hold on to all his memories, rather, is through cards. So he uses the cards as kind of a mimetic trigger. So it's one of these things where if he's dealt, say, a royal flush, that's going to dictate a certain set of memories. And on top of that, you know, it goes back to the hidden stash in Taken King, mm-hmm. you know? Um, what was it again? And Hearts was... Uh, hearts was for a girl I knew. But the other ones are for weapons. Right. I think... Diamonds were exotic? Uh, no, no, no. It's no, weapon foundries. Blood foundries. They were based off of the foundries. But yeah. Um, spades was the suit that he never answered. Yes, he never actually said what spades were. The other thing that goes along with the ace of spades and ace, his son in general, the concept of that is he, he wrote those journals before he was changed and they were hidden and he recovered them. Second part to that. With Ace being a possible tieback, we know that other characters in Destiny 2 have had tiebacks to the original, who they were originally, Anna Bray. Anna Bray has her badge, and she was searching for it. So we do know that Guardians can go and find their history in their past in one way, shape, or form. K 
Kincaid's treasure treasure book. I can't think of the actual name of it. The Treasure Island book that he carves the center out of and then scribbles in. It's kind of a makeshift journal. Right. He talks about working in different venues and whatnot and having these different experiences. So we know that Kate has created a map for himself, a grimoire for himself throughout the ages. And he's hidden them in different places using the card logo, the ace, the spades, the diamonds and everything like that to help trigger, hey, this is mine. I need to go find it. Because when we're searching for Kate's things, what's the logo you're looking for? The spades. So we know that he's hidden them throughout the thing. It's like Cosmo hiding uh, coins wherever he goes when he goes to different conventions, which if anybody's found that, it's amazing. I don't know if he's hidden one here yet, but those help unlock everything. I'm going to leave this real quick and go search for that. I know, right? (laughs) We also know that the whole reason that Cade became an exo is because he was in debt to Clovis right. Ray. Mm-hmm. And we, we, don't, we don't know a lot of details around that, but it's, it's quite possible that he, he was a gambler and that, and that these, these elements of his personality were kind of emphasized by the EXO process. Um, but yeah, it could be, it could be that, that they, you know, if we're talking about just cause and effect, it might be more complex than that. It could be that he named his son... That, that way because he was addicted to gambling, which is kind of crazy. I don't, I'm not really suggesting that, but you know... It could be a nickname. It could not... Yeah. Like, his son, my, his birth certificate might not say Ace. It might yeah, say something exactly, else, and they yeah. just called him Ace. I'm going to go ahead and just point that out. If anyone here ever decides they're going to call their son or daughter Ace, please, for the love of God, reconsider. Like, <laughs> because I, I, I have people who occasionally come up to me and be like, hey, Case's son was actually clearly called Ace, and I'm like, no... If, 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 there are, if there are any <laughs> aces in the room, we really we apologise for that. that, that wasn't, no offence meant. Right. Mm. But, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you question. so much. And sorry for calling you. Everyone, children, cover your ears. <laughs> sorry for calling you a little. <laughs> oh, you're, oh, my friend, you're getting a hug right after this, my dude. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Oh, no, I'm too short. <laughs> it's my oh. problem, too. I get that. It's fine. <laughs> Small side note, if you want to go ahead and just pull the mic out of the stand, and if that helps, you can totally go ahead and do that. So, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the theory concerning um, that the new vanguard for the hunters will actually be Deej? <laughs> oh, God. No, 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 no. I got this. I got this. Oh, okay. Deej can Deej cannot be a Vanguard mentor, not just oh. because he's a warlock, but because he's terrible at PvP. Oh. Deej 1v1 me, please. Oh. I'm telling him you said That's that. That's fine. I'm totally down with that. Oh, sadly Deej is not here in person to no. answer your challenge. Yes. Um, He's actually the member of Bungie who's back at the HQ doing the Lord's work and mm-hmm. keeping the updates coming. But no, um, yeah. Uh, uh, again, I... I no. <laughs> what, what do you... What, <laughs> Throw down. Spit it out, bife. <laughs> this kid is savage. Unbelievable. My God. No, no, no. If we're going to get a real hunter on the community team doing stuff, Cosmo is a hunter. Yes. So it's going to be Cosmo. Yes. He's a wonderful guy, and he can actually play in the Crucible. Yes. All right. He would. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much, Thank sir. You. So sorry, I never caught your name. Oh, uh, my name is Josh. Josh. Awesome. Thank you so much, Josh. <laughs> Spit it out, my <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. New meme. Hey, sir. How are you doing? So, uh, huh? 
How are you doing? Oh, good. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm sorry. I'm totally, I'm totally I'm taking a Go for it, dude. So we, we know stuff about Cade and Zavala. We had a, a, a lore video about Zavala. It was a trailer in D2. And we know stuff about Cade and his wife and son. What do we know about Ikora? She's Crucible. really awesome in Crucible. Crucible. Yeah, really awesome in Crucible. In my opinion, she, she sucks and she's more... <laughs> well, the funny, the funny thing about Ikora is also that originally she was completely against the Vanguard. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. until she met Osiris that actually she was brought in line with following the Vanguard's teachings. And she was actually a top student of Osiris. She was actually also... I know Beard and Bife will both hate me for this because it opens up another can of worms. But she was also part of the group that was responsible for exiling Osiris because of his transgressions and his issues. You two all, didn't all happen, Blue. You know what? According, <laughs> to my, according to my reading of the grimoire, that doesn't include your reading of the grimoire. It did because it was a different part of the grimoire. Yeah, it's also in... But, um, but no, I mean, so Ikora was always... I mean, that's, that's where you get the iconoclastic skin for the weapon of her I just blinked on that Invective. that one I don't use shotguns um, the, uh, but that's where that is it's because she was an iconoclastic guardian um, for those of you out there iconoclastic is someone who lives to destroy icons they're, they're against the grain they go against authority so Ikora was against the vanguard against the teachings of the speaker up until Osiris or Toland or one of the one of the mentors of the warlocks took her under his wing. Why was she against it? We don't know that part. That uh, sorry for the question. The mic didn't pick that up. He, he's asking why why was she against it? We don't know. But the other thing is, if you look at Ikora's exotic uh, jump ship, you also see an argument between Ikora and her ghost in regards to Thanatonautics. Mm-hmm. Ikora completely <coughs> would often commit suicide. Because she knew the ghost would resurrect her. Mm-hmm. And she did that in order to learn more about the nature of the Guardians. And her ghost hated it. And also, on top of that, she spent 60, 60, 67? 67 years she never spoke to her ghost yeah. until D2. She, she must have some crazy anti-aging cream. <laughs> well, well, all of us Guardians being a Guardian, man. I was about to say, I'm going to let someone else answer that one. Mm-hmm. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hi. I'm Tristan, or in Discord, Dishonored Halo. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I have a question regarding Rasputin. What is the likelihood dun, that dun, dun. if it came to defending humanity, what would the likelihood be of Rasputin fighting the Guardians? It depends oh, okay. if we become our own oh, worst enemies. I've, I've, I've got to go ahead and say this. From the perspective that we got out of Warmind, the perspective is that the Vanguard always tried to sort of like manipulate Rasputin to kind of bring him to their side and Rasputin wants to fight for humanity but he wants to fight as a free agent this is kind of where the whole kind of crux of your question really lies I think that in this Anna Bray becomes kind of like the pivotal figure and much as she hates the Vanguard's authority she's not going to go ahead and say by the way those guys are bad go ahead and murder the other guardians because again like you'd look at the key forces within destiny and the guardians are kind of still necessary for the protection of the system you know when it comes to war minds versus, say, hive gods, it's pretty clear that the war mind is not going to be able to stand up as much as a guardian would. As a counterpoint, though, if guardians were to turn against the last city and turn against the humanity that is still left on Earth, mm-hmm. do you think that he would actually come after us? 
That's a good question. Consid- and considering that we've seen it happen with Dread Oh, Lord, he's got his, his books out. Would he be able to <laughs> figure out how to kill us for good? I don't yeah, know. No. Oh, that's okay. So that's that's Beard is going to answer this in the first place. But as for whether he can attack us generally, um, let's just put it this way: uh, Does everyone remember that old map? I'm trying to remember the anomaly on mm-hmm. the moon. <laughs> the Titan punching has, the has, center. Yeah. Anyone who's read the Grimoire card for that will remember that it's a Titan punching that big like tetrahedron in the center. Twenty-four hours from that point, according to the Grimoire card, without fail. Warsat landed on that guardian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. That, that guardian was Wei Ning, if memory serves, was it? Was it Wei Ning? I think it was Wei Ning. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't realize that. I'm pretty sure that was Wei Titan smash. Oh, that's even better. Dude, that's so fantastic. Okay. So just to kind of throw something into it here, since I got the books, may as well use them. Anybody get a chance to look through the Ikelos armor? The, the the code that was kind of hidden in between it. Uh, if you actually take a look at it, there is something that Rasputin is trying... Okay, is that better? Yes. Okay, there much better. Go. Sorry! Um, <laughs> there is uh, something that we find that Rasputin is trying to gather uh, on something called genotype null. There's also a genotype zero. And a lot of this ends up having... Uh, uh, a larger point that we go through, and it says genotype suitability for guardian Zamina remains high. Now, if you're not familiar with what the word Zamina means, because it's Russian, and I don't imagine that a lot of us speak Russian in here, uh, Zamina translates loosely to replacement. So Rasputin seems like he is actually figuring a means or a replacement piece for us. Now, so far, in terms of this alternate Zamina review, uh, likelihood of use estimated to be 00047%. That's .00047. When data farming from genotype null at 99% of parameter, invoke unnull rap zero. Long story short, uh, once he figures out that this uh, replacement is worthwhile enough for us, he will deem a means necessary to wipe us out and find another means for us. Uh, he, he basically does have a possible way to end guardianhood, and we know it's, mm-hmm. it's very possible. Uh, we saw it actually with the, uh, it, it could be as simple as what Aldrin had done. Uh, where he, in the, in the Petra Grimoire card, Petra talks about how there was an airstrike that was launched against three uh, Guardian fire teams. And just that simply, three fire teams of Guardians were wiped out, ghost and all. Which is why Petra was kind of ban- like kicked out of the yeah. for a while. Like I was saying, why, she, why, why she's probably still on our side, just saying. Well, that's why she originally came to the tower. Okay, thank you so much. You. I hope that answers that. By the way, in case people don't realize, Beard is amazing for so many reasons, but one of the reasons is the fact that he's written his own frickin' grimoire. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, he has the book. Yeah, he has like, He has books. Out of all of the people here, if I want to go ahead and show people a real scholar, I point to Beard. So, yeah. Beard, you the, the man. The, the, each, each of these is now full. They're about 224 pages apiece. Not counting my additional scribbles that I have elsewhere. Please do not steal my books. It could have been 227, and that would have been amazing. That would have been Uh, Actually, did I tell you, uh, side note, I'm sorry to to take you up on this. Um, Did I tell you that my Vex stuff started on 227? Oh, my God. But by technicalities, it started on 229 because 
I had skipped two pages and didn't realize it because they stuck together. So while flipping back through, I'm like, I missed it by two pages by technicality. So wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. My, my Vex stuff took a time jump. Yeah. This is... This, yeah. say, so wait, you started and then you went backwards? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, look, okay. look, we all know all ends are beginnings, okay? Oh, no. Okay, right. okay. Back to questions. My apologies. Hello, I'm Noah. Oh, wonderful. Uh, or by if you might remember me as the one person who got your Halo Reach reference last year. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> my question for you, keeping with my theme, is if a calamity were to strike against Guardianhood, do you think Rasputin would defend or encourage it? Considering what we just heard from Beard, I'm going to go ahead and say for the moment, defend. But at the same time, you've got to remember that it's much more than just Guardianhood. You've got to think about Rasputin's priority is technically nothing to do with Guardians. It's to do with defending humanity. So he sees us as proxies in that respect. That's why we have access to the Icolos Javelin and all that, right? We're considered assets. Yeah, literally, right? So in the sense of we can defend humanity effectively, yeah, we're important to his plan and in that sense he would try and save us. But if everything that Beard has just talked about with a genotype null and genotype zero, yeah, that maybe one day will change. After all, we did also have that line from Saladin in Rise mm-hmm. of Iron. Frames, constructs, things I haven't seen before or since. Well, which I really wanted to see in one mind, Bungie, please. Mm-hmm. In, in addition to that... Uh, is everybody familiar with kaiju for the most part in here, like Godzilla? I think about like uh, Gamera in, in this particular case. He's the defender of Earth. That doesn't mean he's the defender of humanity, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Alan. Mm, I see a bungee shirt in the house. Nice. That's <laughs> a bungee pride shirt, too. Much respect. Awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Lauren. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> so, question, just to kind of wrap everything up, it's kind of like long and stuff like that, kind of Alex Jonesy, mm. Hawthorne, of uh, the plan for uh, Marisov and Eris Morn. So, I couldn't help but notice that Hawthorne has nine dots on her face, and there's nine letters in Hawthorne. So, is there a connect? Do you think there's a foreseeable connection with Hawthorne and kind of something weird with the nine? With the nine, yeah, in particular. So, I'm going to go ahead and say this as a note on most theories about the nine, my own theories included, because this is exactly what they are: theory. And my oh my oh my oh my, does it often devolve into spin four really quickly? So um, much. But I will simply say this: sometimes there's this moment where I like to say because video game. And that's basically a way of saying we're drawing too many lines here and there's maybe coincidences that don't exist. The other thing I would note is that there are moments where some characters have clearly had some kind of involvement with the Nine. So, for example, when it comes to the Queen, there's a much more legitimate question of what's going on between her and the Nine if there is a relationship there because, again, she's had dealings with them before. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Hawthorne, she seems like she's in her own little bubble and... Yeah, I therefore don't see any kind of relationship between her and the Nine, but I don't know, maybe someone's going to go ahead and prove me wrong. Currently, I mean, it's just the fact that we have the nine show, the number Nine show up so many times in game that it's so easy to tie it back to the Nine because we have so little actual concrete evidence of who they are. The freaking card goes through saying that Nine are Nine Ghosts, the Nine are the Amakara, the Nine yeah. are so many different things, and it's like, okay. Leviathan the, intelligence. Well, well we can cut the war minds out, right? Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh god, it says that too. <laughs> Deep orbit warm ones. Okay, 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 right. okay. 
So just real, no, real quick, ahead. real quick, the, and Jamie will completely appreciate this. I read that card as a gather information check. Like, I, I really do. It's, it's I, I, sorry, D&D &D players, D&D players. Okay. So, you yeah, know, if you've ever, if you've ever played D&D &D or any tabletop RPG, there's this really cool skill that no one ever uses called gather information. And really, ultimately, it's just a way for the DM to really screw with the party mm -hmm. by lying to them and getting away with it. Because uh -huh. if you fail your gather information check, you get bad information. If you succeed your, good, your gather information check, you get bad information that seems reliable. And that is exactly what that card reads. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I know I've always interpreted that card as being kind of these are these are just ideas that people have. Like I, I feel as though in the universe people are as clueless about what the nine are as as we are, oh, especially yeah. especially in the tower. Legends, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and I I think it is it is interesting the connection between you know the, the nine dots. I hadn't I hadn't really uh, considered that before, but I, yeah, I, I feel as though you know she's. Zer is, is such an enigma to the tower. People don't even know how he, how he appears. Um, if, yeah. All bets are off when it comes to the nine, but if it, if it was up to, if I had to take, make, make a, a bet on it myself, I'd say I, I don't think Hawthorne is related to the nine. Mm -hmm. um, Mar Marasov is, as, as Bai said, a completely mm -hmm. different question. Well, you were going to say something? Yeah, well, just like you said, because video games. So one of the great things about studying the lore of a video game is that it is self-contained, and we know that everything was created and put into it, which is not how real life is, right. which is why I like working in video game lore and not in real-life lore, because real-life lore is really stressful, yeah. and you never, ever, ever get any answers, no says, matter what they tell you. Says the real-life archivist. <laughs> um. So, yeah, in a lot of cases, we can make connections that we wouldn't make if this was a real-life scenario because things are just too widespread and we have too much information in real life. But in, in this particular case, yeah, I, I was like, maybe it could be a seed, and maybe in, like, several years we're going to be like, hey, remember that one time? And you'll totally be right, but maybe not. So, but really quick, I, li I like the question about the nine dots on her face because I, I remember seeing that and being, like, really interested by that. Um, the the closest thing that and I have this sorry I've been playing on my phone I'm not actually playing I'm doing a little bit of quick Ishtar. research um, no actually I'm I'm looking at <laughs> circular phases of the moon calendars um, now anom usually what happens is there's eight spheres that you see on a, a normal phase calendar it's, new moon I mean yeah it's basically the different phase and I'm here I don't know if you guys can see that but that's what that normally looks like. So that's where actually now the weird thing with her tattoos are they're all solid circles. Now with a phase calendar, you're going to see different shades. That's the entire point. Crescents and waxing. Yeah, and it waning. feeds into the almanac and stuff like that. That helps farmers and ranchers determine what they're doing. Um, now the connection here, and Beard's going to love this one, is what did we originally call the traveler? Moon X. Um, Moon X. So is it more about, you know, again, I know purple might slap the back of my head, but it's also more about, you know, you have a lot of these different threads that Bungie is notorious for weaving into things. We saw that with Rise of Iron quite mm -hmm. a bit. Um, so, I, but I like, I like the connection because honestly, I had the same thought. I didn't really connect it to the nine because Hawthorne is anti-Guardian. Hawthorne is anti-City. Hawthorne is like anti pretty much everything established right now. 
but she's very much on the side of defending her family, her community. You know, she has Devrim, who also is kind of like the father figure. Um, so I, I kind of am curious where her tattoos came from because they obviously have, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that have tattoos. The face is usually not the first place you tattoo. Like, it just generally isn't. For this community, apparently it's the butt, but I'm just going to... Well, I mean... <laughs> I think this community really will tattoo anything for money. I, I mean, right? Isn't that... Don't kinda... open it up okay, to anything okay. for the love of okay. God. Taking donations oh, this is an for after dark. This is for an after dark. tattoo. Um, but, but, I mean, what I'm saying is the significance of tattoos is, you know, it's, it's as much the placement as it is actually the image. So there's something that she is showing to the world, but we don't know quite what it is. And that might be part of the, part of the point, is that she has something that she's keeping that is also, you know... There. Okay, so uh, if that is the case, there's ten bucks waiting for you. I will take that bet. If not, I will just hold on to this. Anyway, uh, we are being told we have five minutes left on regards to questions, so we're going to go ahead and try and speed through as many of these as possible. Let's get down here. Let's be really, really swift about this. Concise answers. Concise answers. Good luck. Um, thank you. Um, hello, all. And so, oh, look, okay. Um, my name is Noah. And so to Lord, so Lord, it's about Lord Shax and Saladin. So. Yep. To us guardians, like he's Lord Shax, but like when you're playing Iron Banner, you do have voice lines where Lord Saladin just calls him Shax. So, like, what's the thing there? Same same deal as like we call him Shax, I presumed as well. Like yeah. the, I don't call him by Lord every single time either. You know, right. but concise but there are there are times when Saladin does call him Lord Shax as well mm-hmm. there are some mm-hmm. you know I, I feel like it's it's the same as as we will yeah. drop the, the the lord at the beginning um, as a to, to be more in, informal mm-hmm. um, yeah well like he's beard grizzly but i'm not going to say beard grizzly every time i want his attention yeah mm-hmm. yeah well and we also in uh, ghost fragment shax mm-hmm. we see him specifically say that uh, he's interacting with the people of the city, and he—I mean—he pretty much says, "You don't owe me respect. I protect you. That is my job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The guardians—they owe me respect, mm-hmm. and that's—and that's where I think that the Lord comes into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Note that by title, you do not need to call me. My name is Bife. I already. Yeah. It's a long name. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, with all that we've done as guardians. Uh, you know, the implication that Cade dying is, you know, he's going to be replaced with a new Vanguard or whatever. But is it possible that with all the crazy stuff that we've done, we've outgrown the need for a Vanguard? We actually had this discussion. There is a lot of implications that that's the case, right? So if you take a look at the consensus sidearm that you can get from any faction, there is a lot of this thing of like, well, what do we do now that the speaker's dead? Because again, someone else who is key to the entire running of the city has fallen apart. Hawthorne is now involved, and she's very much anti-Vanguard, anti-city. So, yeah, it's totally a legitimate question. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hello, my name is Fife. Uh It's good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Rasputin, he's a spooky dude, you know, pretty scary. But what could he do that I couldn't stop by just unplugging him? Rasputin has the ability to self-create items in Siva, and he's been alive since the Golden Age. I also want to ask you a real quick question. Where's the damn plug? Right. That's a very good also, question. Also, is it the European-style plug, or is it American? Oh, my God. Is it a Russian plug? Is it a Russian is it plug? Russian plugs? My God. Or is it on Obviously Mars? Does Mars have their own plugs? Did right. they bring Russian plugs with them? Does they... anyone know what a Martian or a Russian plug looks like? 
You don't want to know. Don't don't Google that. Don't no, Google that. Don't. <laughs> yeah, that was now, a mistake. Uh-huh. Um, now, additionally, don't forget that uh, with the opening of the last array, he could technically just jump wherever he wanted to. Yes. So yeah. he can exist in many different places. Mm-hmm. So you need to pull a lot of plugs. A lot of plugs. Lot of yeah, plugs. back him into a corner, which Ghost will basically the mean that he's just like, uh, well, you're all you're all doomed now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, I was wondering um, a question. So for the next DLC in Forsaken, um, the, there's like a bit of a tease for the final boss, which would be a female. She and is from Joe Blackman. I don't think it's going to be Savathun, just because it's a bit too early. No, I agree. And I don't think it's going to be the queen either, just because... She doesn't seem like the type of um, character that we'd fight against. So who do you think it would be the, um, the final boss? In terms? We have female barons. We do have female barons, that's true. I, I'll say this, I have no idea. I'm kind of hoping for obvious reasons that it's not Marasov. If it is Savathun, then I'm going to be incredibly disappointed because that's like a missed opportunity for a future DLC on a whole epic scale. To give you a really quick idea as well, I think that... Savathun potentially combined with Toland in a storyline next this time next year, it has the potential to be kind of like the Joker and Harley Quinn of Destiny's mm-hmm. universe. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I really, really don't want it to be Savathun as a raid boss. So, yeah, that's a thing. Um, I don't know. What, real quick, what do you guys think? Possibility of it being the Queen or someone else? Female Baron? Queen I... Dragon? <sighs> yeah, Queen Dragon. Awesome. Yeah. I heard everyone in the room be like, oh yeah, we want that. <laughs> so, okay, real quick on that note. Is Eo a female name or a male name? We don't know. Right. We, don't. we don't know. I knew someone was going to be mad about me for that. Don't. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, all I'm going to say is we keep getting these teasers about the Dreamer, and we've seen tiebacks towards the Dreamer either being an Ahamkara, a Harbinger, or something similar. It could well, be a Tekian. Well, but also, we also have the dreams of Alpha Lupi. Yes. So, I mean, I mean, we also have, you know, the oldest Harbinger, which I think, Green, you mm-hmm. just said. Yeah, I mean, we have an existing Harbinger that has sentience and is kind of, I don't know, pissed off because yeah. we killed all their kids. So, you know, there's that. Um, but uh, the other thing, too, is like, you know, exactly what Beard is saying. I mean, there's so many. The, the cool thing about Destiny is, right, there's so many strong characters on both levels on a male and a female so reducing it to just Savathun or just the queen I mean that I mean you technically still have Eris you still have a number of guardians who are female we also have the leaders of the shadows you know Mm -hmm. going back to the shadows of yore I mean there's a number of people out there that with the drifter with the different people that are introduced there there's threads that could get connected completely agree one of the things that pisses me off the most is when somebody takes a really strong female character that has their own story in their own right, like say Anna Bray, and says they are the Exo Stranger. Because for me, it's like, why would you take somebody who is a really strong character on their own and then try and reduce them to something else? Oh, like know. they can be their own character. We know who the Exo Stranger is now. Elsie Bray is the Exo. <laughs> yeah, we know who the Exo Stranger is now. <laughs> oh yeah. Also, no more need for theories like that. So sorry, back to you. We're going to say something. No, no. I was I was just going to say like you're totally right. We have such a broad cast. And even even if we're talking about you know if you look at if you look at the the hive I mean uh, the the pretty the pretty split gender wise um, the um, the fallen the elixir is pretty a pretty split gender wise I feel as though the the word she doesn't give us 
really anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it, pro- it, re- it reduces the possibilities by half. But I mean, that's still like or a, a less. Massive, yeah, yeah, there might be someone that has third gender. We don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe they're aliens. Yeah, yeah. aliens, man. It's not the same. I mean, I mean yeah. I, I I feel as though basing it on that word, we there's not really enough to go on yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hold yeah. your horses until we find out. Anyway, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Oh. Uh, yeah. We're oh. done with questions. <laughs> oh boy. Hi. <laughs> I'm Man at Arms. <laughs> Are you concerned with the irreparable damage that could be caused to the game now that Mylan is contracted with Bungie? He's, by the way, by the way, by the way, story. He's been prepping this for three days. <laughs> I feel like this is a plant. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> it's all a gag. Which my life was not in on it. Real quick, know. on that note, to be completely and utterly serious. Oh my god, screw my. No, no. Okay, yeah. for real, for real, for real. Mylin was implemental in some of the planning for this panel early on, and it was a tragedy when we realized he couldn't be here. Every single time we host one of these, we love to get creators from across the law community, but. He has always been one of the central members. Now he's working at Bungie. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you guys, I want to go ahead and... Real quick, I'm going to film this and send it to him. Oh, God. No, for real, we're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. Yes. No, no, we're doing, we're doing the serious that, one. So... Okay. So, Matt, real quick, this is for you. This is from the law panel. Everyone say hi to Matt and thank him. Hi. And thank you. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Please don't stop the story. <laughs> nice, thank you so much For real, Matt is a hero to all of us And I think we're all very glad that we have someone from our own community yes. In the bells, working for Bungie That makes a huge difference mm-hmm. He will represent us really, really, really well Okay Alright, I think we have One last question yes. Go, 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 go <laughs> Quick, Come on Hello, uh, Bifit's Matt again uh, My so friend Gene He's doing okay. He just doesn't want to go to Guardian Con this year, if you remember the older guy. But he's doing fine. He's recovering and all that. Okay. Good. All right. With uh, Benedict being the tower, being the sweeper bot, was there a double agent of the Red Legion that's loyal to Callus? Was that revealed? Yeah, speaker. No. Someone take away his mic. Baxter, we're relying on you to control us. Come on. I mean, he's encouraging me. Baxter, we're supposed to be the source of integrity on this panel. <laughs> he, he, he wrestled the microphone. Lord knows the focus by chat has none. Oh, God. I mean, Kex is going to kill me, but I mean, I thought that's what the speaker was. No. Okay, so. Oh, my gosh. Okay. With, with Benedict, we don't know exactly when Benedict was stolen. Benedict was in the tower when we were doing the first mission during Homecoming. And if you remember, there's a bunch of blood around him. So he looked like he kind of fended off for himself. He also didn't have any sort of modifications done to his frame as of yet. So he could have been stolen during Homecoming. Not necessarily saying there was a plant already in the tower. One of the Kapal could have stolen him for Callus, taken him, modified him. Then he was returned after yeah. we got the I mean, tower back. Of all that's loyal to Callus, even though they're in the Red Legion. Mm. It's I mean, so here's the thing as well. Yeah. The, um, the, Imperial, the Crimson Shadows, the Imperial Shadows, rather, are still mm-hmm. a thing, right? So Callus, much as some of them have died yes. during an assassination attempt on Gaul, some of them were still around. And it seems also that Callus keeps on trying to recruit us, thanks to the raid stuff. But yeah, there's some really fascinating things we have to go on as a result. Mm-hmm. So it is entirely possible, as was said, yeah could have been abducted and then sent back because again you gotta remember the cabal controlled the tower for all of what like eight weeks I think is as long as it goes the Maybe approximate longer. yeah 
I, I don't know. We know we don't know how long the actual missions took, but we know the Red Law lasts at least a couple of months, mm-hmm. bare minimum. Awesome. But yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys. So, oh, one last que- question. No, 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 no. Okay, because Zach is from St. Jude, and St. Jude is wonderful, I'm going to let him ask the last question. Can the panel please define Penumbra for the audience and tell us what your Dark Guardian powers will be? Ooh. You're going first. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Baxter gave me the mic. Okay, so for those of you who do not understand, Umbra vaguely translates to shadow. I'm trying to remember the exact physics of it because it's been a very long time, but I'm vaguely correct on that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a pl- Okay, so yeah. Uh, my Dark Guardian powers, I don't know. Um, that's a very good question. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that question around. And also, we're going to wrap this up real soon, but we do have giveaways to do. Yes. So all of you guys got a raffle ticket when you entered, by the way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so in just a second, we're going to go ahead and draw those. But yeah, uh, Beard, one word, Dark Guardian Power. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> His Dark Guardian Power is Beard, yes. Yes, I was, I was going to say, just uh, how about a beard? Because our guardians need a beard, and that yep. is apparently yeah, the opposite true. of everything guardian, is having a beard. Yeah. Okay. Blue, what's yours? I, I, you stole mine. <laughs> Sucks to suck, bro. <laughs> Unbelievable! Oh. Okay, back to so we have beard, we have suckage. Back to what you. It's it's really hard to follow that, to be honest. Uh, I know what some of the some of the taken abilities are really cool. If if we could use some of those as guardians, like the uh, the way the captains can throw the the kind of shield, the black mm-hmm. shield thing. No, the blinding captains group. throw the darkness, the, the darkness group. blast. Yeah, they throw the yeah what, the darkness blast. What do you call that? The blinding the bl- the, the thing that the blinding it, boop. That's a good the blinding right. goop. Also, scions. Don't let it get in your eyes, guys. If you could, if you net could. Of sadness. Oh, net of sadness. <laughs> so there yeah. you go. <laughs> so, if you could, you know, like how scions can split in two. Okay. That would be a really have a cool double guardian. Dark power. I have no idea how guys, that would work. I don't think we can handle two times beard. Well, no, 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 I'm sorry. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no we, could, we could totally make this work because one of them could just be the mirage, the mirage guardian. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Purple, how about yourself? No. I don't dark. believe in dark guardians. I'm oh. sorry, you guys. <laughs> legitimate answer, legitimate answer. But they believe in you. Oh, that's too bad for them. No. <laughs> I think I have to go with Baxter. The duality, having the mirror guardian that is more of a mirage distraction type thing. I would love that in Crucible. Like, I'd, I'd dodge, like a dodge roll, because I'm, I'm Night Stalker. Hunter's best class. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I dodge, uh, I create a secondary image, and run away, invisible. It wouldn't last long, but it would be a cool thing to have. No, don't give him the mic. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much for the questions, guys. Okay, um, we're going to go ahead and now draw these. So, so, everybody go ahead. We're giving away a few prizes. Does anyone want to talk about what well, the prizes yeah, are? Okay, so what we did was we actually, I actually managed to find a couple of these really cool, I'm sure most of you know this, uh, Target has the ghost. Right now, they're just general shells. But the cool thing that we did here was I was like, you know, let's have you guys, everyone wants lore in-game. Well, what better way to store it than on a ghost? So we had everyone on the lore panel sign these, and we have three of them that we're going to be giving away. And then we also, thanks to Beard, have a one of the... I don't even know what you call these limited things. Limited edition. The, the callus books. The callus Bible. And invitation. The callus, the callus Bible. What? The limited edition callus book and invitation. Yes. That's the, the callus Bible. There. The callus Bible is what we call it. Okay, the callus Bible. 
<laughs> so, and also on that, we've also signed the entire panel has signed the inside flap of that as well. So that's what that's what is up for grabs. You don't get my water bottle. That's mine. <laughs> okay, so our first winner is going to win one of the ghosts, and it is ticket number five one three eight five nine three. Hey, hey, come up to the front, my friend. Congratulations. You've just won yourself a guest. Ah, that's a good and number two. Number two, is winning a second. Ghost? Oh, second. We'll yep, we'll do yep. another ghost. We'll do three ghosts first, and then we'll do the Bible. Holy Bible is for last. Oh, okay. We got it. All right, so oh. next winner is ticket 513-8536. Nice. Congratulations, good sir. Come on, grab a ghost. One more ghost left. I'm getting one from the bottom, so it's fresh. I shook this up, guys, so. <laughs> yeah, it's like the back of the aisle. You go there to get the freshest soap. No, no, no. Is that an urban myth? No, well, just read Okay, give me the spin for that. All right. <laughs> okay, next up for our final ghost is 5138644. No one? No one? Uh-oh. They left you draw in five, four, three, two. Too fresh, Try again. Okay. Too fresh, god dang. All right, we have five, one, three, eight, six, five, four. Rest in peace. Where are these? Wait, 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 in the back, in the back. Wait. Hold on, we got it? We got it? Yeah. Yay. That one was close. By the way, if you did win, go ahead and, like, not that this matters now, there's one person left to win, but make noise, you know? Yeah, yeah hi. It's all good. Just so we know that we don't have to read Okay, Bible. Yes. Bible. Now, for the Holy Callus Bible. And we have ticket... Ticket... I like no. it. The Holy Callus. It's, like it's like the Holy Chalice. Oh, God. How, how many are we up to? Eight. Eight. Okay. That, that's my number. It's okay. Uh, it's a good number. One more and we're at nine and then all the conspiracy theory starts. Um, <laughs> all right, so our winner for the Callus Bible is 5138609. Woo! Yeah. Congratulations, guys. Thank you so much to everybody who showed up. Okay, so regarding meet and greet stuff, uh, I do not know how long we technically have the room for, so... I'm going to go ahead and organize this. This is going to be a little bit ad hoc. But what I want you guys to do is form an orderly line, not in this room, though, because <laughs> it's already a little bit cramped in here. What we're going to do instead is we're going to go downstairs to outside where the lobby is, and then we're going to go ahead and form a nice long line. Myself and everyone on this panel is going to be there. We're going to be up the front and go ahead and get stuff signed if needs be. But we're going to go ahead and leave. Let everybody leave in an orderly fashion. Do not hog us. We'll go ahead and set up shop, and then we'll ask everyone to form a line. Jamie, Thank you so much, everyone, for turning up, though. Thank you. Well done, guys. Well done. Good job.